For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Ken Barton on Proverbs 29, specially entitled, Mr. Barton. People probably heard that it was going to be on the whole chapter, so they stayed home. No, <laughs> let's remember, all there's something going around Ephesus. And it's getting everybody. So pray for the Lord's blessing. When I started this message, my intent was to address the falling away of people from serving God using Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. During our Bible studies, uh, on Tuesday nights, second and fourth. They're interesting. Come. You get to have input. You get to read. It's pretty good. Anyway, during our Bible study at church, Lawrence Gregory had spoken about when he first came into the church back around 1959, 1960. He was young back then. I understand he had red hair. <clears throat> he was a teenager then, listening to Herbert W. Armstrong reading and studying lessons that he received from the Radio Church of God. When he first attended, he figured there wouldn't be very many people there. Figured it'd be just, you know, a handful of old people. He was surprised when he got there. There were 60 to 70 people there, and there were all a range of ages. <clears throat> Back then, he said, the focus, the emphasis was doing the work for God, of reaching out to those who hadn't heard the good news of Christ and of God's plan. There's a lot of that, I'm sorry, there's not a lot of that going on, doesn't seem like now. People aren't really worried about whether God's work is being done. <clears throat> but there's something else I realized. There wasn't really a sense of individual responsibility back then either. My brother and his wife were members of the Worldwide Church during the 70s and 80s, and uh, they were pretty much told that don't you try to witness to anybody because you'll mess it up. You haven't been trained enough, so just leave that up to the professionals, and we'll take care of it. You don't need to worry yourself about it. It was really pretty much okay with him because he didn't really have a relationship with Jesus at that time. Now he has a relationship with Jesus. And you know what? He doesn't mind talking about it. Back in the day, he really didn't appreciate people wanting to come up to him and witness to him about their Lord. He didn't appreciate it even a little bit. Now he's glad to talk about it because he does have a personal relationship. Thing is, people were encouraged to be involved in the work. <clears throat> there was a feeling of being involved in that, and it was necessary in order that the work be accomplished that people actually do something. Glenda and I are pretty much newbies in the church. We only came in in 1999. Before then, we were Sunday keepers, free will Baptists. We knew it was up to Christians to reach out to others. That's pretty. That, that that's something that they do focus on. You know, nobody's going to hear it unless somebody tells them. 
you'll notice that a lot of Baptist churches uh, and other Sunday churches are still very involved in outreach. My thought concerning tw Proverbs 29:18 was that it had to do with the vision of outreach, individual knowing his or her responsibility to evangelize. But as I was studying, I noticed from another source that they felt that this verse is more about people knowing God's word and his will for us. Not so much, you know, some people say with vision, you know, they think of the pastor's vision for how many folks they need to have in the church filling the pews every day. <clears throat> it's more really for reaching the people, individual people. So I started reading this chapter a little more slowly and a little more in depth and asked myself, what might the difference be between knowing God's will and following it and focusing on reaching out to others. I find that God is trying to get our attention and warns us what to look out for. He tells us that there are consequences for not serving him, for not coming to him, for not seeking him, and that we can recognize them if we'll pay attention. We can even avoid these consequences. God's not just warning us about our church falling apart, about our church dwindling away. He's warning us about us as individuals us as a nation, and us as the world going the wrong way. <clears throat> God's been warning everybody throughout time. In Proverbs 29.1, he says, He that being often reproved hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. I kind of like the contemporary English version. It says, If you keep being stubborn after many warnings, you will suddenly discover you have gone too far. Work to keep your heart humble, open to God and his Holy Spirit. 29.2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. And it doesn't have to do just with the folks that are in now, Reg. <clears throat> I think we can see a lot of this in the world today, not just in America. Okay? As a matter of fact, it does hit our own nation. Our nation is not the happy, successful nation that it used to be. It's what happened? You notice I didn't say it was a perfect nation. I said it was a happy, productive nation. But it wasn't perfect. It wasn't ever perfect. Winston Churchill stated, It's been said that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others that have been tried. I can't really agree with that either, though, because the best form of government was the theocracy that they had, that the, the Israel, the, the Hebrews had, when God was running things. And as long as they went to him, it worked out pretty well. But when they quit, that left. So that ship has sailed. We can't do that yet. We will eventually, won't we? But so what happened? Sin. The same thing that happened to Israel, the same thing that's happened to all the other nations in the earth, the same thing that happened to the people that were living in the promised land before Israel showed up, has happened to us. They've gone, we've gone farther and farther away from God. I blame it on our rulers. The presidents, the Congress, the Supreme Court justices, they've allowed changes to be made in our laws that allow, if not encourage, sinful living. And what has come of it? We've got runaway lifestyles, families that are torn apart, break apart, 
People have no care for life, theirs or anybody else's. We're reaping the bitter fruits of those lifestyles. We have AIDS, we have wars, we have crimes. Inflation rates are out of control. Again, God tried warning us. He told us again and again what would happen. <clears throat> tried to teach us. Proverbs 29.3 Whoso loves wisdom rejoices his father, but he that keeps company with harlots spends his substance. If you are a good child, if you obey your parents, they're kind of happy with that. If, you, if they've worked hard to build up something in, in order to be able to pass it on to you, and you're a good steward with it, you thrill their hearts. If you just waste it, same thing with God. He wants to give us all the best, and, and we just waste it. 29.4, the king by judgment establishes the land, but he that receives gifts overthrows it, bribes. You know, now, if we was in Chicago, we probably wouldn't be talking about this too much. <laughs> a man that flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. The contemporary English version says flattery is nothing less than setting a trap. Somebody starts telling you you're the best thing since sliced bread. Everything you say is golden. Watch out. Look around because there's a trap being set for you. <clears throat> Satan likes to tell us that we're the sharpest things ever. We don't need to listen to God. He's got plenty of traps out there. In the transgression of an evil man, chapter six, uh, verse 6, there is a snare, but the righteous doth sing and rejoice. Contemporary English version. Your sins will catch you, but everyone who lives right will sing and celebrate. There's a lot of good when, when you're doing it right, when you know you're doing right. It's, it's easy to rejoice. When you know that the world's fixing to come down on you like a sledgehammer, it's kind of hard to rejoice, especially if it's from stuff you did. All the lawlessness that's occurring in our nation today, people do more and more and think they'll get away with it. And eventually they get caught. The only way to repent, or the only way out, is repent and turn back to God. This is what James was telling people in James 5, 19 and 20. My friends, if any followers have wandered away from the truth, you should try to lead them back. If you turn sinners from the wrong way, you will save them from death, and many of their sins will be forgiven. You know, someone's going down the wrong road, talk to them. Share with them about your Savior. Share with them about God's law, what God says. You know, if you live this way, you don't have to worry. You don't have to look over your shoulder. And it works for us. Here, not just folks we might run into. If we're having a problem, God's probably trying to talk to you. And if he starts hearing him, listen. Because, you know, he says if you stop someone else from going down the road, you hide a multitude of sins. Maybe you can hide your own. If you turn away from God, <clears throat> the chances of those snares of Satan getting here drop drastically. I was talking with someone during this last feast, and he said, just think. If everybody in this world had a second tithe, save that 10% and 
and then went crazy during the feast. <laughs> you know, what a difference. I mean, now we go to places and they, they somewhat, the, the hotels we're, we're at will make a little bit of effort to accommodate to a certain extent. But if everybody was showing up with 10% of their annual salary ready to spend, you think they might make a little more concession? You know, you wouldn't find any pork at those hotels. That's one of my pet peeves, but moving right along. But just think, what would happen if there was a true revival in this nation? How about just this city, you know? <clears throat> now let's look at some of the broader problems of our day. Proverbs 29, 7. The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked regard not to know it. Wicked people are seen, uh, uh, see the poor as just something to manipulate, someone to make money off of, someone to use, okay? Or even worse, they don't even consider them at all. They don't care. They, they you know, whatever. They're inconsequential. The poor are people that for one reason or another, and this is kind of my definition, they're not able to take care of themselves at the level that we are. Okay, they either haven't been given the tools, they've done something that has destroyed their being able to use those tools, they don't really have a hope. They don't have the happiness that we can have. There are those that would love to make the poor slaves, and do. They want all the, what little bit they, the poor have, they want to get it, they want to take it. <clears throat> Tell them if they'll, you know, you, you just need to come and take part in our programs. We'll take care of you. You don't need to try to do things according to God's word. You just, you know, you find yourself in a bad shape, come to us. We'll take care of you. I won't go into detail of what bad shapes. I like the idea of teaching them how to succeed in life, sharing with them about God's word, sharing with them about there's a plan. There's a way to live. If you'll seek God's face, read his book. It's, you know, people, I've heard people say, well, if only there was a training manual. There is. It's called the Bible. God gave it to us. If we could help them to realize there is a better way and show them, get them on the road. <clears throat> Proverbs 29.8. Men, scornful men bring a city into a snare. But wise men turn away wrath. Another, the, the other version, sneering at others is a spark that sets a city on fire. Using good sense can put out the flames of anger. This puts me in mind of Ferguson, Missouri. We had people there that were probably trying to calm it down. They didn't get the press. There were certain people that were there in their whole deal was to band it up, get it going, keep it going, and put money in their own pockets. They didn't care about those people. They were just trying to further their own careers. <clears throat> Proverbs 29.9, if a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. 10, the bloodthirsty hate the upright, but the just seek his soul. Like I said, those that don't care, 
you know, they're just out for themselves. They don't, they don't waste any thought at all for those people. <clears throat> Another uh, version of 2910 is a murderer hates everyone who is honest and lives right. We see examples of this today in crime. You know, someone commits a crime and there's witnesses to it. The gangs, right? You snitch, we're going to kill you. There's, there's no incentive. You know, used to be, you could say, the right thing to do is come forward. People don't pay attention to that nearly as much as they pay attention to the thugs that say, no, we'll, there'll be retribution if you come forward. 29.11, a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it in till afterwards. I like this in the vein of, tis better to be silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. I've done that myself. <clears throat> Wasn't fun. If a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. Our government is a big example of that, I believe. And I don't care which side of the aisle <clears throat> they're not listening to sound doctrine. They're listening to lies. The poor and the deceitful man meet together. The Lord lightens both their eyes. The poor and all who abuse them must each depend on God for light. We're all here, right? We all depend on God. We need to realize that. As to our justice system, 29.14, the king that faithfully judges the poor his throne shall be established forever. God cares about the poor. God cares about the fatherless. I think Jesus had some time living in both of those worlds. He didn't like the way people used him. My own, you know, I've heard some people say Jesus obviously was well off because of the, of the gifts that were brought that set him up for life. I don't know. And he worked as a carpenter. wasn't a real easy job back then. <clears throat> but wouldn't it be wonderful to be considered a shining light to the world again? America had that reputation for a long time. England had that reputation for a long time. What's lacking? We need to turn back. As to the lawlessness of society, Proverbs 29:15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. But the child left to himself brings his mother to shame. You guys ever been to the store and the, the you know, the, what's the political correct term for brats? Anyway. <laughs> I mean, there's kids sometimes you think, Lord have mercy. Is there anybody teaching this child anything? Or you see children that are really well behaved. And when you compliment the parents, the mother, on the, the, how wonderful their, family, their, their children are acting, you know, how well behaved they are, she just gleams, you know? <clears throat> 16, when the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases but the righteous shall see their fall. It's going to happen. If you're living in the right way, 
when it happens, it doesn't happen to you, it happens to them, and you see it. Don't gloat about it. God's not real big on us or anybody gloating on another's calamity. You've got to realize that they're people. They're going through hard times. But it's better they go through hard times than we go through hard times if they're going to happen. Maybe after they get through the hard time, they'll say, what ha why didn't it happen to, their, to them? You know? Latona's friend, Christy, when they were going, you guys were going through school together, she noticed everything your family did worked. And she said, hey, I kind of want to find out what's going on there. Correct thy son, 17, and he shall give you rest. Yes, he shall give delight unto your soul. And now we get back to 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. And the, the other version said, without guidance from God, law and order disappear. But God blesses everyone who obeys his law. Without God guidance, law and order disappear. Can we see that? I see it all the time. I see it every day on the news. Wouldn't it be wonderful to live in a law, lawful, peaceful society? We don't have that right now in a lot of places, but we could. You know, Again, God is calling us. <clears throat> on Monday, October 6th, the United States Supreme Court refused to hear, I heard it on the radio, it said that the court had refused to hear some states' uh, appeals about same-sex marriage. I got excited. I thought, you know, that uh, I got it wrong. <laughs> I thought that the states were trying to go to same-sex marriages and the Supreme Court didn't hear it. Unfortunately, it was the other way around. Oklahoma and five other states were appealing the ruling that we had to allow same-sex marriages. The Supreme Court of the United States refused to listen. Before the day was out, the lesbian couple in Oklahoma that had brought the lawsuit were married. Where there is no vision, the people perish. He that keeps the law happy is he. And the vision is not a vision. It's knowing what God's plan is. The vision of what God has for us to do. <clears throat> Without guidance from God's law and order, uh, from God, law and order disappear. Put me in mind of Revelation 2, in verse 1 and 1 through 5, I believe I've got. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know your works, how you labor, and your patience, and how you cannot bear them which are evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you, because you have left your first love. 
Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and I will remove your candlestick out of his place, except you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Nicolaitans, as I can understand, uh, were very much into sexual immorality. Sound familiar? He that has an ear, let him hear what the, saint, what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. They'd lost their love of serving Jesus. They were serving Jesus, God. But they weren't really doing it out of love. They were doing it because that's what they do. Okay? You know, we go out, we reach, we reach out to people. You've got to convict them before you can save them. So you tell them about the Romans road to salvation. You get them convicted. You get them to say the sinner's prayer. And then you go on to the next one. It's work. It's what the Bible said. They weren't, they weren't loving God. They weren't excited about serving God. Excitement can get a lot of stuff done. People can tell, you know, if there's, if there's excitement. Nevertheless, I have something against you because you lost your first love. Remember and repent do the first works. Otherwise, out goes the candlestick. Scary, isn't it? We have a choice. So what is it we're to hear? Doing the works of the Ephesians, we're doing was good. They were working for Jesus. Serving him, doing the works of Christianity. The bad part was it was just a drone. They were just doing it. Okay. <clears throat> If we serve him out of a sense of duty and not love, it'll become forced. We'll lose our fervor. We'll lose interest. When you lose interest, you're not interested in that anymore, right? That's the, the definition of losing interest. So you look for something else that's going to interest you. Let's see. Who might have something else that they want to get you interested in besides what God has in store for you? I don't think you want to step into his snares. Pay attention. Verse 29, uh, Proverbs 29, 19. A servant will not be corrected by words, for though he understands, he will not answer. See, even when they're smart, it takes more than words to get them to obey. Okay, they'll hear the words. Yeah, okay. But if there's nothing to get them interested, okay, see, verse 20, see you a man that's hasty in his words? There's more hope of a fool than of him. Talks to me. I can get carried away real quick and start spouting off. I'm, I'm working on that. He that delicately brings up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. I thought this was a good thing when I first read that. Oh, well, you've got a son. You know, you've, you've brought him into your... <clears throat> The Good News Bible says, if you give your servants everything for, they will want from childhood on, someday they'll take everything you own. So you want to you get your servants to work for you. You want them to be able to realize their own goals, not give it all to them. God wants us to realize 
that our work makes a difference. When we get, we can get spoiled and lazy quick, speaking for myself. <clears throat> okay, 22. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. We need to be humble. We need to realize that we're not, again, I'm not the best thing since sliced bread. Everything I think of is not the greatest thing. Glendo, tell me that every so often. Whoso is partnered with a thief hates his own soul. He hears cursing and berayeth it not. And I didn't know what a beray was. But the thing is, is if, if a it goes back to that, that taking bribes and stuff. If a, if a government individual accepts bribes and they circumvent what the law was supposed to stop and, and, and it all goes wrong, which it will, and then eventually they're going to end up in court. And that guy's going to have to sit there and lie under oath that, no, he didn't know about that course it's probably not gonna not gonna hold up so he's gonna go to prison <clears throat> so it's just better not not stay on the Lord road the fear of man brings a snare but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe the fear of man if you're fearing man if you fear what man can do to you if you fear the, the uh, gangs and their threats. So you go along with them and you let all that happen. The snare is you're going down, the, the, all society's coming down. Okay? If you follow God, put your trust in God, you'll be safe. <clears throat> I need to wrap up. Many seeks, uh, 26. Well, let me say before that, we're encouraged to depend on the power of God, which would keep us from that fear, from all fear. And I know, you know, where is this coming from? I see sometimes that it, it, it seems like that we lose the fervor, we lose the excitement, we lose the joy of telling somebody else about what we know, about what Jesus has done for us, and about what that means. Every man, many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment comes from the Lord. An unjust man is an abomination to the just. He that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. I like that. If more, if the nation, just think if the nation, if there was revival in this nation and we started holding them to account, the difference, we could go back to being a nation that the world looks up to. Those who would serve God and obey his laws will be successful in life. May not always see it in this life. But what is this life? This life is getting ready 
to serve God, right? If you follow the Lord, when it's all said and done, if you guys have read the, the book, that manual, the last page, you know that you come out ahead if you're serving God. You will be victorious over those who would cheat and steal. They will be disgusted. Those that serve God will be disgusted by cheaters and liars who don't like you. But that's okay. Because think of what a difference it can make. At the end, when the Lord returns, think of the difference it makes whose side you're on. 